Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Last of the faced away for the Premier Staying Race, the RSN Sandown Cup. Green light, ready Yes, it is that time of year. RSN Sandown Cup time this Thursday, the 19th of May, and I absolutely can't wait for this. One of the Premier events on the racing calendar. And straight off the top, I'm going to welcome in the co-host before we dig our heels in, sink our teeth into what is going to be a huge night of Greyhound Racing out of headquarters, Metropolitan Premier Racing at Sandown Park. I speak of Jason Adams. He's on the line racing, Jace. You must be pumped up about tomorrow night, mate. Yeah, up and about, Jim. It's a really big occasion, isn't it? I mean, such a, it's a two great nights of racing last week, Thursday, Friday, and it's grand final night. On Thursday, we've got three Group 1s. It doesn't get any bigger than that. And you know what? Listen to you just intro last year's Sandown Cup, Jim. You know what? So I think about thinking about you in the Sandown Cup, that famous Bobby Boucher call back in <laughs> what would have been 2010. Oh. It was my first Group 1 call, a great exhibition of speed and stamina. <laughs> Bobby Boucher. <laughs> Mate, I, I learned I don't need to put on a voice. You can just go with, with your natural voice. But, uh, look, I, I, yeah, it was a great thrill to do it. Um, I look back now and, and just sort of, yeah, sink into my chair a little bit when I listen to, to things from that long ago. Off the back, well out in front in the Sandown Cup, and Bobby Boucher runs them ragged in a brilliant display of speed and stamina. Bobby Boucher by six lengths. <laughs> Somehow we've slipped that audio in, but no, it's it's a great race. It always is. We've seen some of the the great races, I think, in a Sandown Cup, and one that springs to mind is the win of Jerry O'Keefe a few years ago when he thought he had no chance in a Sandown Cup, and and he ended up winning it. So I guess all eight runners go in this year thinking, well, you know, anything can happen. Yeah, look at the honour roll. It sort of it doesn't have that real serious depth as what a Melbourne Cup would or something like that. So. Um, surprises can come up and we've got a really good field ahead of us on Thursday night. So they all deserve their place. We all saw how good they were last week. So I think everyone's going to be holding their breath to see how it plays out. And just before we move on, mate, did you like the the two different nights? Obviously in the past, we've had four heats of the Sapphire, roughly four of the Harrison, four of the uh, Sandown Cup, all in the one night. Whereas this time we had the heats of the Sandown Cup on the Thursday and then the Harrison Dawson Sapphire crown on the Friday. Did from a, a working perspective at Sandown, did it, did it seem to go well? I think visually looking from home, it sort of turns it into more of a carnival. Yeah, it does a bit. I think the those sitting at home are going to be the best judges of, of how it did play out. I think for me personally, it's, it's it's a bit of a backup from Thursday to Friday, but no one cares about that outside of what we have to deal with. But um, yeah, it was a bit of a test case. So what we sort of want to do is possibly have come Melbourne Cup on eight heats on the one night. Um, and then split up the bowl trees into the night prior. But, um, yeah, I think it was pretty good. I, we scrapped the best 32 element to it, and it sort of made a little bit messy in terms of who, how you were understanding as the night went on and so who was going into the final. So um, I'm sure we'll evaluate everything, but I think that the two nights separating them certainly made it a bit clearer from a narrative point of view for, for each of the series. Run of the week. Now, Jace, I thought it was pretty hard to do run of the week last week. Obviously, we're going to look at Jarek Bale. There was just so many big runs. But I thought, let's go outside of the square. Obviously, Wow, She's Fast was tremendous. In the boys' races, there was, 
you know, outstanding run after outstanding run. Fearless Max, Rapaki Rocks, uh, Titan Blazer was at his all-time best. But I just wanted to wind the clock back to Levitation. The fact that she was able to burn the clock up the way she did, and, and this is how Levitation went about it in a heat of the Sapphire Crown. number 11, the fourth heat of the Sapphire Crown. They're set to go. Ready. Racing. Dundee Cotton slow on the inside. Great speed. Levitation is going to fly across with Indy Matilda trying to keep it out. But Levitation gets across to lead Indy Matilda. On the outside, Auspicious Queen. Whistling Bullet up to fourth. Aston Selma back on the inside of Kelsey Bale. And last was Dundee Cotton. Levitation is flying along. Four in front of Auspicious Queen. Running on was Whistling Bullet around Indy Matilda. But Levitation took off. Big win, Levitation. Home over Auspicious Queen, Whistling Bullet, and Indy Matilda will run Loving the work of Dan Hibbert there at headquarters as well. I think he absolutely nailed that call there, Jace. Levitation, 29.04, just blew them away. And maybe, just maybe, comes out of the shadow of, of Wow She's Fast, who's the kennel uh, superstar at the moment. Yeah, indeed. We saw that win of Wow She's Fast and thought, right, that'll be the, the best performance of the night. And... There was levitation, bang, best on ground, 29 and 06. Mm. And sort of been, I guess, a bit of a build-up for her to go bang in a, a big feature race. Right? She started off her career in hot style. She had wins very early on in 29-25, 29-24, 29-31. So we've always known she's fast. And then she went through sort of a stage where she was in free-for-alls. We know for ones of that sort of experience and age, it's make or break, but she's gone on with it. And now she lines up as a big chance in a Group 1 Sapphire Crown final. It's probably one of the hard things about the grading system at the moment. If you have got really good early form and your ranking's low, you come out of sort of four to five wins and you go straight to free-for-all, which does make it really hard for, for greyhounds that, that have ability. But, um, yeah, it's, it's obviously very tricky either way you look at it. But I thought she was outstanding. Back to her, her best. And just quickly before we, we have a look at the preview, how did you see Levitation's chances from Box 7? I think she, she seems like a dog that would be better off in either rail, but in saying that, she seems to be able to win and, and win impressively when she gets that clear air out wide. Yeah, indeed. I mean, a lot of her, all of her wins have sort of come from all sorts of draws. So I guess the hardest part is in any race, even if you are suited by, say, a box seven, in this sort of depth of field, you, you've still got plenty of guns across in your inside. So she's going to have to begin as well as what she did last week and possibly a little bit more to be able to get across clearly. You just know in these races, Jim, especially this edition of the Sapphire Crown, um, there's going to be no second chances. Thursday's preview. Thursday night preview. One of the biggest nights of the year. One of the biggest two nights of the year, I think you could say, at Sandown Park in Melbourne with the, uh, the Sandown Cup being the feature. And Race and Jace, we're going to power through the majority of the preview and then take a little bit longer of a look at the big one. So race one, first event, the RSN Sandown Cup night final. It's for fifth grades, uh, fifth grade final over 5.15. I'm going to go with number three, Security Man. If he does what he did last week, I think that, that shocked a few. Um, and he's very, very quick early, and he's a better dog when he leads. So I'll go with Security Man to lead all of the way. Yeah, I think his strength on that occasion stunned everyone. I'm with who told Shorty, fast dog, and I've got a big opinion of him, so number one for me. Race two, I went with uh, number six, Quick Smart. This Benali Arelda Bale litter, uh, we had Noel Mugovan on the show just recently. Um, he spoke of Benali, his greyhound, who's now standing at start. I think there's still a few straws available, and my goodness, they look like a boom litter. What a litter this looks like. I mean, the, the bloodlines are, are rich. You spoke about Benali, and then obviously Mum, Arelda Bale, a sister of Fanna, so... Mm. Uh, they look to be really good in terms of this maiden final. 
I can't go past Quick Smart. Just too good yeah. last week. And who knows? His litter mates might be as good, but from what we've seen so far, um, he's the pick of the bunch. And we'll get a, a little extra bonus episode out this week as well with Robbie Britton. I know I've been promising it for a while, but we were just waiting on a few things to tie that one up, but it will be released this week. We recorded that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, stay tuned for that. Race three, I'm with number three, Mobile Legend. I think he's been crying out for this distance range. If he can begin in front, he's going to take so, so much beating. He's found some drama recently. I mm. went with the old boy here, number six, Webleck Jet. I don't Gee. mind him drawing out there and, and do not mind him stepping back up to 600 metres. So I'll be with him at uh, a nice sort of price. Race four, number one, substantial for me. Yeah, likewise. I think there's look, obviously some handy types that were good last week. Yankee, Fiozo, but box one plays a, a big part in his chances. So I'll be with him as well. The feature, the first of the three features, the first of three group ones, the Harrison-Dawson final. Uh, tough, tough race. I thought Kinson Bale was the smoky here. I just think he's going to lead. I reckon it's the the most intriguing Harrison-Dawson we've seen because so many sprint races, there is halter-skelter tempo. This doesn't have that. Uh, Titan Blaze has got a bit of early speed. Fearless Max okay away. I think Kinson Bale runs straight to the top. The only concern is who lobs behind him for mine. I thought Rapaki Rocks was big last week, but I'm each way all day on number four, Kinson Bale and the Harrison Dawson. Yeah, I'm nervous about him. I think he represents some pretty good value, and he was the only one to go under 510, which, look, he's obviously big, but when you go through the types that have been in this race year to year, there's been so many more of them set those fast early splits. So I went with Fearless Max, number one. I love what he did last week. And I think early early part of the year, we're waiting for him to take those next mm. steps. And I thought last week was a, a sign that he's starting to do that. Has been supported too. Just saw the market before, 750 in the 480. So there's support with him and, and I'm on board. Yeah, I'm not, just not sure he's ready yet, but uh, oh, it could be proven wrong. The Sapphire Crown, group one for the girls, 100,000 to the winner at 755. I've gone with, wow, she's fast. How many times have I tipped against her and just had egg on my face? So this time I'll go with her. Uh, she'll probably get beat. Idolised, though, I think, from box two. She was back to her brilliant best. We had Jimmy Prosciutto on last week. He was confident that uh, that she was flying again, idolised. And, and that was, you know, a near on, I think, just about career best performance last week. She was as good as ever. She was superb. They prepped her to the minute and she went on and, and did the job. And now... They probably expect improvement from her being second up mm. for after a month on the sidelines. I agree. We are she's fast. I, I can't take her on. I know she missed the kick last week, Jim, and some people might be concerned by that, but I think we've seen enough evidence from her, especially in her backyard at Sandown, that she can turn it on really when it really matters. So I didn't have a reason to take her on. I can't see her leading this though. Idolise Vader Bale, even Levitation. Um, she's going to need luck, I think. But uh, you're getting an each way price on, you know, the queen of greyhound racing here in Victoria. Uh, moving on, uh, the Toon Gabby Lodge Cup Night Stayers group listed event. I just couldn't go past Kalinda Patty. I think if she gets a run in the big one as a reserve, she could almost win the Sandown Cup. So based on that, she should be taking out effectively the consolation. Thought the same as stuff all speed in this, really. I mean, I think the hustle's going to punch up, but they've got none of the mm. the early toe that Clinda Patty has. So you'd expect she'd find a pretty comfy spot and win. Best bit of the night, almost. 
got to be up there. I think she's what price would she be? A dollar eighty, something like that. So yeah. certainly in the uh, in the bracket of being a best bet sort of option. Yeah, two twenty in the watchdog form guide. I think if you get anywhere around that even money flip of the coin, keep on flipping because it's a good each way price. Here's the big one: RSN Sandown Cup Final, eight thirty four p.m. Group One event. Uh, the field number one: Orca for Steve Nagy, two Mapunga Ruby, three Kalinda Lady, four Gypsy Wyong. Michelle Marley has got two through Aston Velvet in five, and the Pacey Golden Quest in six. Dustin Drew, who we had on the show last week, spoke of how well Untapped was going, and that was the greatest inside info segment of all time. Got home at about $7. Jarek Bale's drawn the eight, and then the reserves, Kalinda Patty and Rowan Bale. How, how do we break this one down, Jace? I see Golden Quest coming over, leading, Untapped getting the card across. I'm drawing all over my form guide as I, as I do this. And then number eight, Jarek Bale getting that clear air down the outside. We'll have a chat with Lisa Delbridge shortly, but I think Jarek Bale's going to win the Sandown Cup. Well, I like to think if your form guy's not a mess and you haven't done the form guide properly. Um, <laughs> look, Gold, Golden Quest, I, I'm really interested in her to run a place, Jim. She's got that pace that we know she can go out and lead. And I think she's north of $4 a run a drum. I think there's value in that. But in terms of a winning hope, I'm going to be with Mapunga Ruby. Just that class that she's got. She did have a niggling issue out of that association cup. I think we touched on it last mm. week. And uh, going into the Sandown Cup, Pete, she was fresh so you'd naturally expect he's going to be better for that run and there's no uh, doubting her class whatsoever so uh, I'll be having her on top in what's a really good addition of the Sandown Cup. Mm, we're butting heads here I just the last two runs of Mpunga Ruby I know the word is she's had a little niggle uh, up in Sydney but just hasn't been the same the last 100, 150. She's got in winning positions both times and, and lost them both. But like you say, if she, she did have that niggle and she gets the fitness from last week, she'll be a big player. Race nine, let's round out this preview. I'm going to give you my four last uh, bets of the night. Race nine, number three, Amnesty. Race 10, number one, Equaliser. I'm still scratching my head how he's in a grade five race and the greatest grade five you'll ever see in the world. That is an extraordinary race. Race 11, I'm four, Indy Fido. And race 12, Belbina Bale. I'm hoping Lisa Dalbridge can tip me into that one a bit later. How do you see the last four? Yeah, I'll be with Amnesty in race nine. Thought she was pretty good last week and go one better this time around. Simona, pretty keen on in race 10, Jim. And race 11, number one, Aston Matrice for young Lukey Adams. And then in the final race, race 12, number three, Knowing. <laughs> Punters Punting Club. Punters Punting Club time. $50 in the kitty, mate. How are you playing on Sandown Cup night? Is there a winner to be had? So the way I'm going to tackle this, $30 race seven, number six, Kalinda Patty. So she'll take out the bulk of that. Then the other 20 will head towards Simona, race 10, number two. She's at a, a nice price. So uh, that's the way I'm going to split up the, the 50. Nothing. Straight on the nose this week, Jim. It's um, split it up and, and cover some bases. How do you say it? Yeah, mate, you're playing just a little bit cautious, but I like that. I'm going to go. Look, I'm making Kalinda Patty my best bet of the night. Uh, so I'm going to go $50 on the nose of Kalinda Patty. I just think, like you said before, there's not a great deal of speed in the race. If I had to break it up, I'd have 40 a win on Kalinda Patty and $5 each way on Kinson Bale. I'm keen on him, but I just don't know if he's going to get far enough ahead. But either way, mate, three group ones. This is a. Oh, a smorgies board of, of great racing for the punters out there who'll be tuning in tomorrow. Yeah, exactly right. And I think we're fortunate as well to have a really good support card. I mean, many of them are graded races. We've got that grade five final to kick us off, which is hot. And you touched on that grade five ladder on the card that features do it <laughs> and alike and equaliser. So the it's Punga a Mustangs. really stunning night of racing. Yeah, absolutely. Just 
Uh, plenty of reasons to, to sink your teeth into this race meeting. And any anything happening on track, mate, that the punter should get down to headquarters in Melbourne for? Yeah, plenty going on. So we've got the Carlton Draft Sports Bar upstairs. So it'll be live music. Uh, the punters club will be in full swing, led by Troy Little and Paddy McKenna, two blokes who absolutely know what they're doing. So every reason to, to get involved, the place will be humming. So $49.00. Uh, to get yourself into that area with lots of street food available as well. And, of course, all that information and the buy ticket is on the website. Inside Info. Well, Inside Info time ahead of the Sandown Cup tomorrow night. And before we look forward to the Sandown Cup tomorrow night, let's wind the clock back to last year, the 2021 RSN 927 Sandown Cup. And... Here are the concluding stages of what was a, a memorable race for our special guest. The rail now for Zipping Rambo goes through in the Sandown Cup to take the lead. Late Stanley Road, Zipping Rambo won the Sandown Cup. Zipping Rambo by a length and a half. Stanley Road, the eye catch. Well, there he was, Zipping Rambo, driving through against the inside to the delight of our special guest on Inside Info, Lisa Dalbridge. And Lisa, must be nice to listen back to that from last year. And any excuse for me to play a replay of me calling. <laughs> I mustn't say it was a very good call. And, yeah, it does. It gets the heart pumping again. So um, it's not the f- – I, I often watch the replay several times. So, yeah, no, it's it's a good thrill still. It was a special race. And the, the way you went about it, uh, your boy, he, he just sort of sat behind the speed last year. And I think a lot of punters thought he probably had to lean to win Zipping Rambo. But he was able to sit leaders back, just stalk Tyler Durden, what were the feelings like late in the straight before we talk about what's what's going to happen tomorrow night? Um, well, I knew he got into a good position and I knew Tyler Durden sort of wasn't overly strong, but I was worried about Stanley Road, but then he got sort of a check and I thought, oh my God, he's he's gonna get he's gonna get there. But I mean his two runs get going into the into the race last year were were great runs. He ran second both times. So he put uh, just one win further and, and, and won. So it was it was great. And looking at that comparison with, obviously, this year, Jarek Bale, they're probably similar dogs in a sense. They both can, can burn the clock over five and 600 metres when they get it all right. Uh, do you feel he's a better dog this year, Jarek Bale, in comparison to what you went in last year with? Um, yeah, I think so. He's, um, he's got a bit of early morning... Uh, early morning. Early uh, speed... Um, than Rambo, so um, and he's. I think he's got a better track sense than Rambo. So um, fingers crossed, it all goes to plan. <laughs> well, last year, I tell you now, I'll never forget the heat run. Uh, Stanley Road beat Zipping Rambo, and it's for unusual reasons. The night before the Sandown Cup last year, Lisa, I, 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 we hadn't had dinner, myself and my lovely wife, and I said, look, leave it up to me. She's a much better chef than me, let me tell you. And I said, <laughs> I'm going to cook up something. So what I did was just find sort of leftovers, a little bit of gnocchi, a bit of, I think it was tin tomato uh, and a lettuce leaf. And it looked horrible and it, it didn't taste that great, but we chowed through it. About five minutes before last year's first heat of the Sandown Cup, the food poisoning had kicked in. Um, I was head in a bucket uh, vomiting my guts up <laughs> about two minutes before your heat of the Sandown Cup. And I remember Paul Searle, the, the head uh, head boss of the stewards here in Victoria, he wandered into me and he said, James, you're not going to be able to call this one, mate. I, I got myself up for it, but I'll never forget that race. It was probably the hardest race I've ever had to call. Just I, I'd felt like I'd been hit by a bus. <laughs> oh, jeez. So it's a special race to me, Lise. 
That's right. Oh, that, that's good. It's a pleasure for me too. Uh, hey, your involvement in greyhound racing. You've been involved with your partner, Mark, for a long time. Can you just tell us a little bit about where it all began and, and the journey so far? Um, well, I started off um, with Donnie Stevens from Yarrambat, who had a, all the um, stroller dogs um, back when I was 15. And um, we'd often go to Sandown Park with street stroller and Tom stroller, road stroller, and then Lady Streak. She was um, a distance bitch that raced at Wangaratta most of the time. So I uh, sort of helped him out. And um, and then I, Mick O'Malley put Mark and I together on a date. And 20-something <laughs> um, years later, here we are. We're all still together. And... Um, yeah, going along nicely. Mick the matchmaker, by the sounds of it. Was it love yeah. at first sight or? Well, oh, I suppose so. We're still together. Hey, I've seen a few <laughs> photos of Marky Boy back in the day and he was a bit of a hunk, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. He's, um, <laughs> he's grown a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's let's get away from that and turn our attention to this big race tomorrow. Box number eight, Jarek Bale. And, and look, you've, you've had a great run over, Eric, in the last five or six years where you've just had a real standout in the kennel. Christo Bale's one that springs to mind. Uh, obviously, years ago, Flash of Light, who put you guys on the yep. map. And this one here, Jarek Bale, just seems like he's that. He, he's the warrior, he's the workhorse, and he, he can do just about anything. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's um, nice to have him in the kennel, that's for sure. How do you think the race will play out from Box 8? I've I've done the form pretty intensely, and I thought the six will lead Golden Quest. Untap's going to come over, and Jarek yeah. Bale's going to be three wide approaching that first corner. Do you think he has to just sit behind them a little bit like you did last year and, and just run over the top of them late, or do you want them you know, to sort of pack up and he takes the lead mid-race? Well, either way, I mean... I I look at it the same as, as you've um, analysed it. And the only thing is if there's a big scrimmage on that first corner and um, and something moves, you know, moves off and he gets into trouble. But um, it'd be nice if he could just sit behind, behind him because the, the six and the seven aren't overly strong. So um, but then you've got to wait, look behind to see whatever's behind. If he was sitting third, if anything could sort of get up, sneak up, like mm. Clint the Paddy can run home, but, you know, got held up last week. And, yeah, it's just – it'd be nice to see the race run like it was last week. Were you surprised he... by how quick he went last week? I know the track was playing well, but 41-29 was, would have been a bit of a yeah, surprise. Yeah, well, well, they never actually – I was at home. I didn't go to Sandown last week. And um, they never actually showed the, the time on the telly uh, after the race. So I had to go back onto the replay because – well, when the race was on, I was yelling and screaming naturally. <laughs> um, so I, I didn't even hear if if the race caller said it on the telly. But um, I had to go back to the replay. And when it came up, I just looked at Miles, my son, and I go, oh, my God, he's just run like nearly two lengths off the track record. Yeah. But uh, And then I thought, well, maybe the track's lightning fast. But then the other races sort of other than um, untapped sort of was around the same sort of mark. But... Um, the others were, yeah, I thought, well, maybe he has has got that ability to, to run 700 quite strongly. So well, He's gone to that elite level, hasn't he? And I remember you saying on the Ballarat Cup coverage a couple of months ago now, it probably would have been, that you probably made a mistake coming back from the Dubbo race over the middle distance straight to Sandown. I think it was five or six days later, and it was probably a bit too much for him. But, look, <laughs> right now everything's just fallen into place, and you could probably say the stars are aligning and he's developing into that, that hot stay that you probably always thought he could be. 
Yeah, well, that's right. We did um, we did sort of push him too much that that uh, last back after Dubbo, but um, you know, Mark Mark works out his out the programs for the dog, and you know, he said I'll put him up over six sixty at Bendigo, and then um, just sort of work him up nicely, you know, not too close together, and and um, yeah, just it just seems to have clicked with him mm. for last week, and hopefully this week. Well, hopefully this week he's a big player. He's my on-top selection to win the Sandown Cup. So fingers crossed for me I get it right and and uh, a little bit more important for you guys as well that, uh, that he gets it right. And just before we let you go, Lise, it's a, it's a big operation, Team Dalbridge. Yep. You must put in so much work to get the results that you do with obviously you know a large amount of, of, of dogs in the kennel as well. It, it must be, A, a tough job, but something you love doing. Yeah, it it is it is tough, and sometimes you look and you go, "What am I doing this for?" But then you look at the other end and you think, "Well, you know, you've got all these beautiful dogs in the kennel, and it's just you get up in the morning and you know, like we, like I haven't even cooked tea yet, so and it's nearly eight o'clock, but that's nothing unusual for us to be eating at eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. Yeah. But um, you know, you just go, go, go all all day, and I mean, Mark's just come in from working outside, even though it's dark, he's He's got a new toy. He's got to brought himself a bobcat, and Ooh, he's nice. on it all. Yeah, he's getting pup yards ready for the um, Moles's eight-week-old Christobel pups. So, um, yeah, he's he's been out there. But yeah, you just don't you just don't stop working. It's mm. it's a seven seven-day job. Did he so, really yeah. did he really need a bobcat, or did he just get one because he, he likes the the idea of having a bobcat? <laughs> Well, he's got two, this is the third one. Oh, goodness. But, but this one's the Mickey Mouse one, he records. So yeah, yeah. he's going to sell the other two, he records. So we'll just wait and see. But, well, mate, yeah. If he's anything like me, I tell the wife I'm going to sell the cars. We keep buying more and I never sell the old one. <laughs> <laughs> but as long as he uses it and it gets the job done, all well and good. Well, hey, you're flying as a kennel. So good luck uh, with everything tomorrow night. You've got a couple of other runners. Is there one that stands out for, for the kennel that you think might be hard to beat? I see you've got... Zambora Ritchie in race one and then race 12, Belbina Bale and also Spring Bjorn. You've got yep. four in on the program. Is Jarek Bale the best hope or do you give one of those others a, um, a good chance? Oh, yeah, well, Jarek's definitely a, a, a chance. Um, and Belbina Bale, she had her first run over 500 at the Meadows. Oh, she won at Bendigo, but first um, 500 Meadows last Saturday and went and went well. So And Spring Bjorn, he, he won the same night. So... Um, they're both drawn where they want to be. So, but um, yeah, they've either either of them got a chance. Well, I tell you what, Lisa, I had the sweats asking that question because I tipped uh, number two, Balbina Bale, in the last earlier, and you've just filled me up with confidence. So I can breathe a sigh <laughs> of relief. Hopefully, we all uh, we all come away winners. But uh, on a serious note, good luck uh, with the Sandown Cup going back to back. It would be uh, a wonderful training effort for you, Miles, Mark, and and the whole team down there. Thank you very much. And that's all we have for a bumper episode of the Greenlight on Premier Racing Podcast. It had it all. Plenty of winners. Lisa Dalbridge it was great to get to know Lisa and uh, her involvement in Greyhound Racing and also how she fell in love with uh, with Marky Dalbridge as well. I always love hearing about the love stories here on the Greenlight on Premier Racing Podcast. Well, that's all we have for you. Until next time, punters, safe travelling, happy punning, and let's go Jarek Bale in the Sandown Cup. It's going to be a ripper.